friends, and welcome to the first show, KOA number one, A-H, after Hutchie. I'm Mark Heath, and I'm with my two best friends now. And I've got to say, boys, elephant in the room, it's going to be much better without him, isn't it? Let's be honest. I mean, so you were saying you've got backache from carrying him for years. <laughs> Ross, you said, you said his ego was out of control, um, always wanted to be centre of attention on the videos. So, yeah, I would imagine going forward, this is going to be a much better podcast. What do you reckon? This is good. No one's, no one's talking. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, that question was directed specifically at you. I agree, Mark. Hutchie yeah, who? Exactly. The, the show goes on. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And Ross, you'd agree, I'm sure, because you agree with everything that Stewie says. Well, he's, he was one of my dads, weren't he? You know, Stu and him were my breaking news. My parents. Um, so yeah, now I've got I've got two I've got two Christmases now. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, we're still sorting yeah. through it, Ross. But I think yeah, yeah I, look, I'm not going to block Hutchie's visitation rights. Okay, look, we'll we'll do the right thing by you. It's all right. We still we, we still want you to have a relationship with him, Rossi, but just just not very good. Yeah. Um, of course, obviously, the key question, boys, we've had the wet bandits. Now uh, you two are the dynamic duo, at least until a new king is crowned in due course. What, uh, what are we going to call you? I was thinking maybe Pinky in the Brain, <laughs> if that means anything <laughs> to you, boys. But obviously, yeah, Watson's nine, the brain in that scenario. Ross is the guy who wants to take the world over. Kids TV. Every night, was... yeah, absolutely hitting the key demographic there of the yeah. listenership. Um, any advance on that, was, boys? One of them was like a little tiny mouse white they were mouse. both they were both mice stewie yeah Pink, pinky was the um what should i say uh slightly more enthusiastic but but less um armed with knowledge yeah so i don't know who you might say that in this scenario and the brain was the guy with all the all the knowledge constantly making plans to take over the world pinky and um, the brain. i hadn't thought about that for a long time do you want to know who um andy and i had another nickname which oh, yeah. um which you won't be aware of. It was bestowed upon us by um, by the man who recorded a little message to Andy in the last podcast, who's going to be yeah. his new new employer. Um, yeah. We are known as um, Wallace and Gromit to Mr. Ashton. Um, Wallace so and Gromit. Who's? I think. I mean, what's the dynamic? Uh, we're there? still we're still trying to work out who's who. I imagine I'm Wallace. I don't actually know which way round that is. Which one is Wallace? Wallace is the man. Okay. The dog. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> jeez. <laughs> so uh, Hutchie would be in your in your sidecar in that scenario. Yeah. Tagging he's, along. He's games. the sort of he's the brains of the operation, isn't he? In, in that, nah, uh, really. Nah. Uh, anyway, he's gone. He's dead to us now. Yeah, if you do have up. any suggestions for nicknames for these two, please do get in touch. Or indeed the the, the three of us. Um, until we are made of four once more Kay. friends. Can I just say, you say about uh, sort of um, the new king is crowned. Will there be an actual full-on coronation? I want, I want a brass yeah. band. I yeah. want robes. We're going to do it at Berry Cathedral, I think. Um, still <laughs> still in, still in uh, discussion with that. Um, there's going to be a crown. There's going to be one glove for the new king to wear. There's going to be those, uh, what are they called? Sabres or whatever they are. He's going to have to touch Hutchie's ring. <laughs> um to obviously carry on the, the lineage probably uh, kiss yep. it as well absolutely why not mm-hmm. um going to be streamed live pay-per-view all the great and the good will be there um we'll get sheep shanks there we'll get ashton there we'll get um i don't know 
or anyone else we can get there it's going to be big it's going to be massive and it's going to it's going to be coming to you this summer like a summer blockbuster <laughs> that's a promise that is a promise uh right friends let's talk about transfers shall we because that's let's let's be honest that's all people want promotion yeah sure it's great it's done though isn't it and now all people want to know is who we're going to sign what's going to happen next season and so the, the idea today on today's show is we're going to talk about that and we're going to talk about retain this we're going to talk about transfers and we're going to talk about mailbag which obviously we've got an issue there at the start of mailbag what happens there anyway we'll get to that in due course let's start though with the retained list friend which was re- released earlier this week um what did you make of it, Stewie? We, we, I kind of expected Longo to get offered a deal and we expected the departures, but Aluko was the one for me that was kind of a surprise. Um, w- would you agree with that? What, what did you What did you make of it? I would agree. That was the only surprise in there for me. Yeah. I think most people, when they were predicting it, were expecting Massimo to be offered something given the impact he had um, at the back end of the season. Had a slight, uh, the only sort of question mark against that was the number of central midfielders that Ipswich have got on the books. And they've now currently got eight in that position. If Massimo, you know, we're talking, there is still these deals to be signed, but you imagine you imagine they will. Um, but Aluko, yeah, that came as a surprise to me. He only started four league games last season. And towards the end of the season, he was quite often up watching the game with the the analysis boys just in front of the press box. Um, I wondered, same with Richard Keogh, whether there might be some sort of coaching roles mm. rather than playing roles available there, but that's not been mentioned with either of them. And it seems like this is, this is very much a playing deal that's offered to Shawnee. So, um, yeah, that was that was probably the only only real surprise element of, of the retain list. Rossi, obviously you picked him to be MVP this past season, which is uh, one of the worst things anyone's ever predicted. Um, <laughs> well, bearing in mind his age, which obviously you would have him out the door a long time ago, um, and how little he played in the end last season. What what kind what kind of role can you see him playing in the championship next season? He's he's, he's unlikely to be a a starter, is he? So, how much do you, can you see him playing, and, and where? Yeah, yeah. No, my normal criteria: if you're over thirty, you're gone. So Massimo really shouldn't have been given a deal because he's over thirty now. He's thirty, but um, no, he deserved that. Um, Shawnee, he's got championship experience, isn't he? And I think maybe McKenna's looked at that and gone, maybe we need some, you know, experienced heads who have played in the championship. There's players like you know Sam Morsey and um, and the like who have played championship football, but yeah, he's not going to play week in week. I can't see him start games, but you know, maybe as a a sub or just a player that you know you could just rely on for certain games but um it was a surprise but as i said in me and Stu's video we did for our um for the subscribers it maybe it's just a reward a reward for him um for stuff he does behind the scenes um i know he's 34 now but you can't sometimes buy you can now because we've got money buy chapter experience so i think that's maybe one of the main reasons but uh yeah, my MB, MVP deserves the deal. Yeah, I mean, clearly he's he's what you call in American sports a good locker room guy. He's going to be a great person to have around, and he he does have those silky skills, which I'm sure he can he can display flashes of in the championship. We know he's capable of playing at that level. Yeah, I think um, the primary thing is is being that behind the scenes mentor mm. that Kieran McKenna's talked about him being. You forget how experienced he is. He's been. I think he featured in an FA Cup final for um, Hull. Um, played in the Premier League for for a few seasons. Loads of Championship experience. Um, 
so there's that side of things. He talks about sort of keeping the standards of training high and we shouldn't forget that, that it's not just the 11 players that take to the field every week. It's that carefully balanced dynamic on the training pitch from Monday through to Saturday that, that plays a big part in that. So um, there'll be that element of it. And from the playing side of things, you could argue that he'll be better suited to playing at a higher level, mm. Shawnee, that... Um, the Burnley games in the FA Cup are a prime example of that, the way he, he featured in that. It, um, he might be someone that can come on and just help control games, dictate the tempo, help you retain a lead when you've got it. Um, so I'm sure that came into the thinking as well. Hmm. OK, I'm sure they'll have a plan. How about the players out then, Stu? We expected the likes of, well, pretty much everyone who's gone out, but I want to pause for a little moment of reflection on KBY, Kane Vincent Young, who came into this club and electrified it in the early stages and, and was doing things that had us all extremely excited, then went through injury hell and has never really been able to get back to it since. So a few words for him, Stuart, his time at the club and the kind of things that he brought. Well, you can see from the warmth of the mm. messages from his teammates, from Sam Morsey all the way through, how liked and popular he is within that dressing room. Um, the few times that uh, I and we have spoken to him over the last few years, he's been he's been a real pleasure to speak to. Um, just seems like a thoroughly nice guy. And it's such a shame that he wasn't able to kick on from that electrifying start that you said, because he was incredible in those first, I think he played nine games, yeah. just just got relegated. They signed him from Colchester for around half a million pounds. Um, and he was incredible. He made his debut in that 5-0 win at, at Bolton when they played all the kids and were in a bit of a crisis period. But after that, he, um, I think he had a hand in a couple of goals in a 3-0 win against Shrewsbury. And then he got a back post headed winner at Gillingham. The moment it probably the, sort of typified that period was the, the fourth goal he scored in the 4-1 win against Tranmere, where he got it out on the right-hand side, a few step-overs, darted inside. Great finish across the goalkeeper. Um, Roy Keane says right-backs can't burst on the scene, but I would argue that uh, that Kane certainly did that uh, at Ipswich. And then, unfortunately, the, uh, the injuries started kicking in, and that's really the, the tale of Kane's four years here, just never been able to... To, to stay fit long enough. That must be so unbelievably frustrating to be a professional elite athlete capable of so much and then for your body to keep letting you down time and time again. It must be so unbelievably frustrating. I'll always remember him for that beautiful crossfield diagonal ball to Macaulay Bond and that angle of the ball sailing over Bond's shoulder the club put out. That was absolutely beautiful. And also I remember during lockdown, I spoke to, um, if you remember, they had town players ringing season ticket holders um, to kind of yeah. who were who were shielding, um, and I remember speaking to one of those guys and writing a bit about it. Kane rang him every single week without fail. Um, ended up being almost like a father and son relationship. He started giving him advice as to what Kane should be cooking for family dinners and telling him eating mess was the way to go for dessert. Uh, and he said that Kane was genuinely one of the nicest young men he's ever spoken to. And even after lockdown, he still rang him every single week just to catch up. It was great. That's yeah, I, I know of colleagues in the yeah. media that have, have formed a, a relationship with, with Kane as well in yeah. similar situations. Um, he's one of the good guys and um, I think everyone wishes him well. Whoever picks him up, 
you'd imagine he'll have plenty of suitors in League One. We'll, we'll be getting a very good player. And um, it looks like he's been pretty fit for the last six months or so. Ipswich's journey has moved on. They've had to go and get Harry Clark and and obviously their their sights are set higher now and, and it's just reached a natural end. But for Kane, I think we all hope that he can uh, he can really kick on and get his career going again. Where do you see him landing, Rossi? League one? Ooh, yeah, he's, he's you know he's, he's played actually probably the most games this season that he has in his last four, you know three season before that. Um, I think he's made twenty six games. A lot was cup games, not many starts, but he's definitely got the ability to play League One football. Um, mm. And yeah, I still remember him bursting on the scene because we were crying out, weren't we, for a right back for years and years. Like I think the the running joke was like the the last good right back we had was David Wright back in the 2000s, late 2000s, early 2010s. And yeah, I think anybody from from a take away the player, but as you already mentioned, as, as a person, he's just, yeah, that story of, you know, lockdown and speaking to those old season ticket holders is just a great story. And uh, yeah, any club are going to get lucky to have him. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure he will, he will pop up at League One Club at some point. Hmm. Okay, right then. We're going to dive headfirst now. We're going to fire the starting pistol on the transfer window. So uh, get excited, friends, because I know this is what everyone wants to talk about. Obviously, the transfer window doesn't open officially until June the 14th. Um, and and clearly, you know, there's going to be all sorts of rumours and stuff going around. Before we get into this, friends, as ever, when we talk about transfers, consider the source. Where's it come from? How many teams are being linked? All that kind of thing. And if you see us do something which isn't prefixed with Ipswich Town transfer rumour, then you know there's a bit more to it. Um, because, let's be honest, Stu has been doing some digging and has something which uh, solidified it more than just doing an Ipswich Town transfer rumour. We'll do those Ipswich Town transfer rumours when they're from a, a good source, but we haven't independently kind of stood it up, but it makes sense. Um, so there we go. Going forward, transfer window opens in a few weeks. Stu, you've done an epic this morning, which I'm hoping will be like manna from heaven for our subscribers, where you essentially predicted what you think might happen in this transfer window. And I want to, do, I want to essentially do a podcast version of that that story now, because we can add a bit more colour to it, I guess. Um, so shall we start? You got In your piece, you've gone through position by position and kind of looked at what town have got and suggested what they might need and what might happen. So shall we do it in that order here? Shall we, shall we start with goalkeepers, Stu? Mm-hmm. Clearly, we've got Christian Walton and we've got uh, Hladke. Um your thoughts on that going into the summer and, and what, if anything, you think might happen? Well, Christian Walton is is nailed on to be the number one and he won't just be a competitive championship goalkeeper. I think he could be a, potentially a top-end championship goalkeeper next season. He's someone who's had two full seasons at that level previously with uh, Wigan and Blackburn with loan spells. Um, so he's someone that very much falls in the bracket of came to Ipswich to, to very much get back as quick as possible to that level. I think he's probably a better goalkeeper than he was then. Now he's added, I think his, his sort of kicking and his ball at his feet game has, has improved over the last few months. So yeah, number goalkeeper position or starting goalkeeper position sorted. Um, the bigger question mark is is what happens with, with Vascav Hladke, who now is entering the final year of his contract at Ipswich. Um, there was talk about him leaving last summer. Um, Aberdeen uh, were very interested, but ultimately sort of Ipswich uh, priced them out of the deal. Uh, I think they wanted him, they thought they could pick him up for nothing. Ipswich wanted to to get a bit of money. Um, 
sort of 100 grand plus. Um, so it depends how hard Vass wants to kind of push to go somewhere else. And at his stage of his career, 32 prime years as a goalkeeper, he sat on the bench for two years. He, he's going to be wanting to play. He's made no secret of that in his uh, in his interviews. Um, and then it's whether Ipswich dig their heels in and potentially depends how unhappy they think he's going to be. Because mm. if you if you let him go, you've <clears> then got to replace him. And it's not an easy sell to go and sign someone to say, you're going to be out clearly. Christian Walton's our number one. You're going to come here to sit on the bench. So mm. that's the uh, that's the dynamic around the goalkeepers. Rossi, have you got any thoughts on that? Do you think um, they need to be looking at signing a backup this summer? What do you reckon? Uh, yeah, as Stu said, you know, Walton is guaranteed to be our number one. Um, you know, we had that little running little moment, didn't we? We were like, oh, maybe we need to replace him because he's had a few mistakes. But he's, I can't wait to see him play Chatswood football. I think he's been waiting, hasn't he, to play Chatswood football for a while. Um, I know he has played a few games before. But uh, yeah, Vaz, to be a number two goalkeeper, it's, um, it's, it's a very important position. Um, mm. But yeah, as Stu said, He's at an age now, I'm sure he wants to be playing week in, week out. I think when we signed him, he was Golden Glove winner at Salford in League Two um, a few seasons back. And since then, he's played yeah, a handful of league games, a handful of cup games. Um, so, yeah, it just depends on if he wants to have another season of doing that or he wants to go and we need to sign that second choice. Mm -hmm. So, going back to your original question, yes, if Vaz goes, of course. Mm. So I think when when we spoke to Vass around the time of those Burnley games in January, he was really fulsome in his praise of Kieran McKenna and how much he felt he developed and how much he's enjoying the environment. Um, don't underestimate the fact that this will be the really the highest level he's played at. He's played yeah. in the top flight of Dutch football. He's played in the Scottish Premier League. But I imagine, you know, even if it is sitting on the bench, going to some bigger grounds, experience than Championship might just... Ipswich might just be able to keep his his heart and his mind and say, you, you never know, you know, it's your only one injury away from getting in. Just just give us this year and then we'll and then obviously he can assess his options when he's out of contract next summer. The other slight little kink here, and it's only something that I realized this morning when one of our readers pointed it out, is that the 25-man squad situation in the championship, goalkeepers were excluded in League One. They're not in the championship. Mm. So whether Ipswich want to use up three of their slots on goalkeepers. Mm. will be an interesting one because Nick Hayes, third choice, um, who is back fit again now. Obviously, Joel Coleman came in as a bit of temporary cover there. He's been released. Nick Hayes is 24. So you'd be talking about using three of your um, 25 slots on goalkeepers. So, you know, are you prepared to risk it? Let let Vasclav go, get a little bit of money for him, maybe. Obviously, his value will have, have depreciated. Um, and and go with Nick Hayes as your number two, and to free up another slot. Um, I'm not sure. Mm, okay, well we'll see what happens. Obviously, the way we're going to do this, just so you know, friends, is um, Stu obviously will we'll introduce each position, we'll talk about it, and Rossi can have his say, and I'll have my say, uh, and we'll we'll decide at the end of it what's likely to happen. So there, we're, we're thinking probably nothing, um, dependent on what happens with Ladke. Right back then, Stu. We've got the lad Harry Clark, and we've got Mister Dependable, Mister Consistent. The Denaisons himself, Janoy Denassian. What do you make of this? Yeah, Ipswich obviously went out and spent a um, million pound plus on, on Harry Clark back in January. We know the impact that he's had in, in the promotion and the one-year extension option was taken on Janoy um, a few weeks ago. 
So, two players for that position. Question is whether uh, whether Kieran McKenna feels that's enough, whether he sees Genoa as very much the kind of just a right back or whether he sees him as a bit of a utility man that can cover other positions as well. He can do left back, he could do centre-half if you needed him to. Um, yeah, I've got, in terms of sort of thoughts, I think that I wouldn't completely rule out another right back, but it's certainly nowhere near the top of the priority list. Mm. Happy with that, Rossi? Yeah, yeah, do you know, I think it, once again, sentiment comes in, but maybe you just want, once again, reward Genoi, you know, to play championship football after all those years or having to bounce back. Um, although, Harry Clark suspended him for the opening game with the championship, yeah, yeah. so... Yeah. So, yeah, do you start Genoi or do you bring in that other right back? As, you know, Stu said, you know, Genoi can play different positions. Um, I'm saying bringing our right back in, actually, just to add that competition. You know, Harry Clark, he's a great player, but he's still raw, in my opinion. He's still young. Um, he's had a good, you know, breakthrough um, half season with town. He played, of course, with Stoke in the championship and did okay there. But I think you maybe just want that. A little bit more experience. I know Genoa is experienced, but not in championship football terms. So um, maybe just one more extra right back. But once again, not. I'm, I'm bringing too many players already. Um, mm. But yeah. You're not going to say sign someone in every position, are you, Rossi? I've got a feeling you're going, this is where it's going to no, go. No. Yeah, no, just no, sign no. another one. Carry five of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. You're right so to what's... say, I think, you know, we're, we're all hopeful that Harry Clark has got a real high ceiling with his, his potential and Ipswich have signed him because he ticks so many of the boxes in terms of age and development and stuff like that but he's raw is the word I keep using around Harry mm -hmm. Clark he's um so fun to watch when he's bombing down the right hand side and taking pot shots and um just he's he's got a bit of a swagger and a confidence about him um but there is I mean that red card on the final day at Fleetwood I think is a reminder that he's um He's a bit of a rough diamond still that needs polishing. I think that was very much the verdict from Stoke fans um, during his half-season loan there in the Championship last season. So I think we might have to accept a bit of rough with the smooth with Harry Harry Clark next season. So it's whether you feel sort of Genoi as being that sort of cool, calm backup man is is enough in that position. Hmm. Okay, so I, th I think I'm pretty comfortable with right back. I think you are as well, Stu. Ross is saying sign one. Um, we'll see if that becomes a theme as we, as we get through this. Right, centre-back, Stu, this is really interesting to me because clearly this is, looking at it, this has to be an area they make a signing, doesn't it? Yeah, because there's only three senior centre-halves hmm. now um, with Richard Keogh having been released. We've got Luke Wolfenden and Cameron Burgess who obviously were the, the starting centre-halves um, when promotion was secured and George Edmondson who um, has... A, had his season ended prematurely with an ankle injury for the second season in a row. Um, so a three, I don't think is enough for those, those four positions. Um, and B none of those really have any, uh, proper championship experience to, mm. to call upon. So, um, for me, I think they need someone that is a championship hardened center half that can be that kind of, um, Especially with Richard Keogh not being there, I just we still yeah. don't know if there's sort sort of a coaching role might happen for him, but um, someone that can kind of help and mentor these these players and, and probably be the starter and play alongside one of them for me. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. I think they need to to bring in a starter here. You've obviously got Baggett and Indaba coming back, but 
whether or not they they'll be considered at all for any kind of role. What would you what would you expect there to be? I guess loaned out again, would you? I think so. Yeah, I think Elkins just sort of not not far enough on in his journey yeah. at, at the moment, having been on loan at yeah League Two slash League One level over the uh, over the last little while. And Corey, we've been talking about him potentially breaking into the first team setup <laughs> for several summers in a row. Is this his time? Is this his time? And the reasoning behind sending him out last year, whereas he ended he ended up at Ross. Remind Fleetwood. me, Fleetwood. Fleetwood. Yeah, yeah. Having spent the first half of the season, Burton, Burton wasn't it? Yeah. Burton, yeah. I mean, the the idea was for him to go out and get to be a forty plus game centre half, and it's not happened. He keeps sort of he gets a few games at centre half, and he ends up going back to left back at, at quite mm. a lot of these clubs. I think that happened at Cheltenham again in the second half of the, the season. So I just don't think he's kind of done enough to to force his, his way in at the moment. Um, but he got a new contract last summer, so I imagine it will be another loan. But he's 24 now, and it's getting to a stage where, you know, it's, it's we've been talking about it for a little while of now or never, and it's starting to feel like it's slipping away a little bit for Corey. Yeah. Rossi, where, where do you stand on the centre-backs then? What are your concerns about going into the season? We, we obviously said that you need to sign a start, and I'd imagine you're going to agree with that. But what are your concerns about going into a season with the likes of Burgess, Wolfenden, and Edmondson um, not really proven at the championship level? I have concerns particularly about Burgess, I must say, in the championship. Do you know what? I think I was worried about Burgess maybe at the start of last season, hmm. um, but he is been unbelievable hasn't he he's adapted his game um before he was that hairy ass defender that Stu likes but uh, he's really adapted his game McKenna and the coaching staff have worked wonders on him and he's you know really has improved on his on the ball um and I do you know what I'd like to see him you know play championship football really give the opportunity because he has played championship football before but in a different role with Fulham um he actually made his debut against uh, for Fulham I think against town back in I think that's a 2014-15 season, you know, the playoff season, the opening day. Um, but it's definitely a position we need to improve in um, for that experience. Although my player in mind, I want Town to sign, hasn't got Chatshire experience, but he's just, it's a Derby County defender, Cashin. Oh, yeah. He just, he's he's very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm going, once again, I'm going down a different route there, but he's, he's good quality. Um, but Luke Wolfson, yeah, he's not played, I think he's played a few games in the Chatshire, hasn't he, I think? Um have I got that right? Someone help no, me? he only played a couple. It was after Mick had got sacked yeah. and Brian Clue was caretaker. Yeah. I think he got a couple of games at the very end of that season. And then I remember that summer he talked about, I'm I'm ready to play and ultimately got loaned out by Paul Hurst to Swindon for the yeah. season. Um, so while Ipswich were getting relegated, uh, Luke Luke was out on loan. So, um, yeah, he's, he's not played a huge amount. Edmondson obviously had a little loan spell at Derby. I think he had 10 games there when mm. Wayne Rooney's side sort of uh, beat the drop at the end of the season. Burgess played a handful of games at Fulham before moving on at, at that level. So there's every reason, you know, particularly with Wolfenden, to believe that they can step up. And, um, you know, it wasn't, wasn't that long ago that Luke was being linked with a big money move to Sheffield United when they were when they were playing at a higher level in the first year of League One. I think his qualities are suited again to playing at a higher level, his style of, of play. I just think they need a little bit of help in there. Um, Cashin's a great shout. He's a great player. And he was certainly, he'd, yeah. excite, he'd excite Ashton in terms of someone that they could develop and add a few zeros to over the years. And it McKenna could really get his teeth into. Yeah, yeah. And, and But Ipswich are in a position where they can do that. But I, I just wonder if they need 
um, an upgraded version of Keo to be part of that mm. centre half unit. I mean, Sonny Bradley, for example, at yeah. Luton, um, he's been a captain. He's a left footer that can provide a bit of balance. I know it, it doesn't necessarily tally with the sort of the longer term vision of, of the club and stuff like that, but um, just someone that will, will be a bit more of a pragmatic signing to kind of help in the short term. I've just Googled actually. Cashin has actually made Chatship um, experience before. He's, um, of course, during that, that, that relegation season, he played 18 games. So he's played Let's, start, let's start the rumour now, shall we, boys? <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. Cam linked to yeah, Irene Cashin. Big money yeah. move this summer. Yeah, okay, but that, I mean, that is a great shout. He's a really, really good player. Um, yeah. Okay, so we're all saying at least one centre-back to come in and, and potentially start. Um, Left-back, I don't think we need to spend much time on. Do we, Shuey, Leif Davis, Greg Lee, bing, bong, bang. Pretty happy with that. What are you saying? Yeah, uh, Davis, I think, is someone that, again, really confident about him kind of stepping up. I think he's, you know, already don't want to be getting too ahead of myself with him from what we've seen in, obviously, at League One level thus far. But the story of his time at Bournemouth on loan was that I think he played about nine games for them in the year they got promoted. And uh, Scott Parker was the manager and... There were some really nice quotes along the way where he said he he was monstrous in certain games in terms of his athletic and fitness ability, but also that there were some learning curves a, along the way. Hopefully, you know, a lot more of that learning has happened with him really playing his first proper season of men's football week in, week out with Ipswich. And I think we've all seen enough from Leaf to believe that he's someone that can that can go all, all the way. Um, and yeah, Greg, Greg Lee... Hard to know how he'll, he'll be as a step up. He might not be required that much if Leif Davis plays 40 odd games. I think he'll be a perfectly adequate backup man. He might be in, especially when you're up against some big, brutish championship mm. teams like a Luton, if they don't go up, who stick the ball on top of you and make it physical. Like we saw Greg sort of picked for Burton away last season. There might be scenarios where he's required. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think pretty well sorted at left back. Rossi, I'm assuming you're going to agree there. You're not going to say any sign of left back as well, are you? Because I want to talk about centre mids, midfield muddle. What are you saying? Leaf and Greg, perfect. Move perfect, on. perfect synergy. Excellent. Right then, Stu. Midfield, because there is there is a log jam, a muddle which needs to be resolved. So we've got if Luongo does indeed sign, we've got four midfielders with with solid championship pedigree. Obviously, Morsey, Luongo, Don Ball. And Lee Evans. And then you've got others, another four, who they're going to have to make a decision about in terms of Cameron Humphreys, Idris El Mazzouni, Hakeem Harper. And who's the other one that I'm forgetting? Panucci Kamara. Of course, Panucci Kamara. Apologies, Panucci. So this is the this forgotten is really man, literally. <laughs> literally, yeah. But this is a really interesting position, isn't it? Because you've got those that kind of tight four. And you've got this other four they're going to have to make a call on. And also, I've seen you saying and, and fans suggesting that, that they wouldn't rule out another signing in midfield. And Jack Taylor, again, is obviously someone they've been after consistently. So where, where do we stand with this, Stu? How do you see this shaking down? Well, like, clearly it needs a trim in this department. Yeah. And the latter four that you mentioned, of, of, I think it's not impossible that all of them end up leaving in, in some capacity. You would imagine Cameron Humphreys next step is for him to go out and and try and play more regularly at league one level i think what he did last season which should get him a, a good 
a good club at League One level next year. I hope you've got to find stylistically the right type of club and the right type of manager to look after him. But I imagine that will happen. Rakeem Harper, I think, unfortunately, it's just not happened for him. He's, he's had two loan spells now, Crew and Exeter. And, and the reports back on him is that he's were very similar to Ipswich, sort of um, very up and down, inconsistent, not quite found his what his exact role is in a team. So um, I would imagine the wages that he's on at Ipswich would mean that we're in a scenario where Ipswich have to loan him again, but all, all in reality, it's a it's an exit because it's just seeing running down his contract unless they want to go down the kind of mutual pay-up route with him. Um, Kamara and El Mazzuni are really interesting ones because Kamara came with with a with a reasonable degree of hype from Plymouth was seen as, as a coup last year. Mm. Um, but he's just not been able to get fit. Three lots of groin surgery in the space of less than a year. Um, what do you do with him? Do you loan him out to try and sort of prove prove his fitness? Uh, do you do you just sort of cut your losses on on him? I, I really don't know, but it's I don't think he really can be part of that that midfield unit. And El Mazzuni. Ross will know more than this because he's been speaking to people that that watch Iddy week in week out Orient, but he's he's been getting some ridiculous plaudits for his role in, a, in an Orient side that that won the league at League Two level. But whether that's enough to sort of jump up into a Championship squad remains to be seen. Hmm. What do you reckon here, Rossi? Yeah, Panucci, Panucci. seems like a really nice lad, doesn't he? Um, lovely, but... absolutely lovely. But those injuries, yeah, I think alone would do him nicely. Um, Idris, yeah, he's been he's been fantastic. You know, I've been watching some of these highlights, and um, he's been a key part of that Lone Orient team. You know, you, you see players go to these loan clubs, and sometimes they can be a bit part. Um, but he has been like playing week in week out, and that's what we've been wanting for a long while, haven't we? For Idris to play week in week out, because he's had a few loan spells before, but got injured and sort of came back. But this time, part of a, a winning team. But now he's going to be stepping up to two levels now. Um, he's got one year left on his contract. Um, he's, hasn't he been linked? Is it Watford and Derby he was linked to, I think? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure McKenna would like to work with him. But when you've got other players in that position, he hasn't really had much championship experience. I think he played a few games under Lambert, I think, during that relegation season. Um, but yeah, maybe he's, yeah. I fear for Idi. He's in a bit of a nether zone period. He's he's been he's done so well that I think Kieran McKenna will feel he has to have a look at him because mm. you kind of think, well, he's of a good age and he, we could end up looking a bit silly if we let this guy go. But given the players ahead of him now, with look Massimo being offered something like we said, Morsi, Luongo, Evans, and Ball. I just think that he'll come back. They'll spend the whole of pre-season. We need to have a good look at him. We need to have a good look at him. And then a lot of these other clubs that are interested might sort of give up waiting and move on to other targets. And then, yeah, Idris is kind of left not not having the pick of the clubs he wants. And then another season sort of slides by for him where he doesn't play as much. And as Ross says, he's had he's missed a couple of years of his career already with, with injuries and, and things like that. So, um yeah, I'm fascinated to see where what happens with with Idris. Um, it's a shame for him, really, that it's it happens to be the one area of the team where Ipswich are, are well stocked. And as and as you said at the very start, 
it's not impossible that Kieran McKenna wants to add a slightly different dynamic. I look at those senior four, mm. Morsi and Luongo are quite quite similar and it works. Yeah. They dovetail together. They're quite gritty. They've got, you know, they're technically they're, they're pretty good as well. Evans is the the out-and-out sort of playmaker, the passer, the man who can sort of switch it. And Don Ball, again, is a very sort of tenacious type of player. But does he does he want to add something a little bit different, a little bit more box-to-boxy, someone who can maybe add some more goals to that central midfield? Because I don't see huge amount of goals in there. I know Sam Morsi started to add that to his game a little bit. So if you want to add one, you've certainly got to probably move on all those four that we've mentioned about. How do you feel about that, Rossi? Would you carry five in midfield as a kind of senior? Yeah, because I hate to put it out there. We have got some injury question marks as well. You know, Don Ball's had a few injuries. Lee yeah, Evans, sadly. Um, <clears throat> so, Luongo yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah Luongo. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Luongo, you know, didn't play a single game for Middlesbrough because of injuries or whatever. And of course, he's gone on to play some great games for us and he's well-deserving that contract. But uh yeah, I don't mind that, to be fair. I think that's a position I think you need to be stocked in because you just never know out of nowhere. You know, think Sam Orsley's suspensions. Um, fair play to him for, for not getting that suspension later on. But um, yeah, I think that's a position you need to be stocked in because, you know, we play probably the most players in that position, if you know what I mean. We play at least two or three. So um, I, I wouldn't be against signing one other if mm. um, Panuche goes, Idris goes and, and and the like. Cameron Humphrey goes out on loan and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Okay, so a model to be to be cleaned up in the summer and potentially another player coming in. Right wing then, Stu. Wes Burns, on question starter, Welsh Jesus. Uh, we've got Caden Jackson as well, who's essentially the backup in that role, um, kind of morphed into that, that position now. Um, how are you feeling about this one? Because there's been links, hasn't there, with uh, with Braxaki already, um, a mm. very good player, certainly did, did well at, uh, at Charlton last season. What, what do you make of this one going into the summer? Two, two players that Ipswich fans rightly, well, certainly with Wes, is, is, a, is a proper fan's favourite now after the first mm. two seasons that he's had. Um, and Caden, I think, has people have warmed to him o- over time. I think there's been periods where people have kind of written him off, but Kieran McKenna's having him, and that will do for me. He's talked about sort of what he's like to work with off the pitch. Again, don't underestimate that. Someone who's a slightly later stage in his career, really keen to learn and improve, um, has some really unique qualities, most notably his pace, but also his work ethic. I think his crossing is is pretty good. Um, so again, a bit like sort of Greg Lee, I think he'll be used in sort of bespoke scenarios where you only have to look at the sort of games that Kieran called upon Caden last season. It tended to be some of the bigger away games when they go to Plymouth, when they go to Sheffield Wednesday, someone that can use his pace on, on the counter-attack. So, um, yeah, there's two players there. It's just whether you feel like it's the required quality. It depends what we're talking about, Ipswich's ambition being next season. Mm. I think they're both competitive championship players and the, the hope has to be that Wes can continue his sort of upward trajectory, but there's no getting away from it. Neither of them have got any great championship experience. Mm. Wes didn't really make it at Bristol City at championship level before dropping down the divisions and Caden has kind of climbed climbed from non-league and, and his one season in the championship obviously was the relegation season. So, um, yeah, I think maybe maybe a little bit of help on that right-hand side might might be coming. Agree with that, Rossi? 
Yeah, I want to see a sexy right winger signed. That is what I want to see. Um, yeah, Wes, looking forward to seeing what he can do in the championship. Ken Jackson, once again, um, he'll be a versatile slash just good backup player there. But I think, yeah, maybe just one very exciting right winger. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah. Come on, come on, Ashton and co. Bring us a sexy right winger in. They're both sort of pace, pace merchants that go down the right-hand side. They tend to sort of get... Go, go go down the outside more often than not. I wonder whether, like talking about Raksaki, it's a pretty open secret that McKenna is an admirer. Why wouldn't you be? He's um, 20 years of age and the, the number of goals and the way he lit up League One for a, by and large, a pretty toiling Charlton side last season. Just look, they put up the highlights reel of all his goals recently on their Twitter account. If you have a look at that... Um, yeah, he's exciting. He's someone that clearly will be playing. I don't think he was quite ready to get into the Palace team in the Premier League. I think a championship loan would be next for him. Ipswich don't want to do loans. Clearly, McKenna said, I want to avoid that. They only had two last season. I think they'll limit it again in the championship. But if you can get a player of that sort of star quality, then um, that might be sort of where a loan comes in. He's someone that would come in Going back to the original point, is someone that can come and come in on the inside. He's both footed. He might give you some different different types of qualities, um, a bit more variety. Mm. I'd love to see that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ashton's data dashboard, Rossi. <clears throat> Using your definitions. Sexy. Exciting. Uh, just, just bringing up all these lists of sexy what, and exciting What is the players. definition of a sexy signing? Do they need, do you have, do you have to pay money for them, do you think? For it to, yes. to be, yeah. So I, yeah. I think you need to. There needs to be a fee in yeah. general. Um, they need to be uh, more often than not. They need to be attacking, don't they? Yeah. I don't think you can make a sexy defense. I suppose. Yeah. Maybe it depends. It depends where they play in defense, I guess. But generally speaking, when you talk about sexy. You're talking about going forward, aren't you? Yeah. And need to have played uh, sort of experienced, or can they be sort of up and coming? They can be up and coming, can't they? In a kind mm. of, he's the next big thing, sort of ex sexy and exciting sort of vibe. Raksaki would, I think, fit fit that definition, wouldn't you, Rossi? Yeah, he said, he said the goals, you know, he scored. And, um, okay, he didn't play well against us, but because we were so, that good, we stopped him. Mm. But, uh, you know, yeah, he's an exciting, sexy player. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to that. And, yeah, feel like... The question mark we had, I think, like the last pod we did, like, will we break our transfer record this season? Um, you know, that that would be very sexy indeed because that's like 4.5 million, I think, weren't it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and you know, would you would you just want to spend it on a winger, striker, defender? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Well, we get to striker. I mean, striker is obviously the ultimate sexy signing, isn't it? In any kind of yeah. definition, I'd love to see Ashton's day dashboard. Mark, if you're watching, you're probably not. You sent us a message. Can you please give us some insight to your data dashboard? I don't want to see names. I just want to see how it works, what you put in, how it, what it, does it churn out printed copies like a supercomputer? You've got that old printer paper just churning out names. I doubt it does. Anyway, let's move on. Number 10, Stewie. We've got Connor Chaplin, who's just absolutely ripped League One a new one, scored 29 goals without playing as a striker. And then I guess you'd say at the moment, anyway, on the depth chart, Sean Luco would be his, his backup there. Um, how do you feel about this one? Yeah, Connor deserves his chance to um, to really take on the championship again. He was part of a Barnsley side that finished fifth in the championship and then they sold him to Ipswich off the back of that. And he, there were some veiled comments for him 
when they came up against Barnsley early last season, saying that that's their model. They just sort of they sort of trade, and um, he clearly has fallen for Ipswich uh, in terms of sort of the community feel and the family spirit of the club and everything a lot more here than he did at Barnsley. But um, I think he was more of a sort of a left-sided role for Barnsley in that season. He's obviously now kind of found this new role as a as a number 10. Um, so, yeah, no problems. I don't think anyone's going to have any problems with Connor Chaplin starting as the number 10. It's just whether there's enough backup to him. Um, Shawnee Aluko can play there. Um, Harness Edwards could play in that sort of 10 slot, but um, have kind of been utilised in more of the wider roles, I would say. So I would say this is somewhere that looks um, a little bit thin. Would you agree, Rossi? Yeah, looking forward to Chaplin play um, Chance Football again. Because, um, yeah, I think everyone was surprised, weren't he, when, when he dropped down to you know come to us. But, um, you know, what happened at Barnsley and they're moving a different direction. Of course, they got relegated shortly afterwards and then um, he's now got promoted with us. Um, and, yeah, that, that's, that is looking thin. You know, Shawnee Aluko is is the other player there, of course. But uh, you know, I think it's also that question mark. You know, Torres John Jules. You know, he was he was fantastic, weren't he? And they got that injury. Um, you know, will they look at him again? Maybe, possibly. Um, but yeah, I think that's a position we will we're strengthening. But Connor Chaplin is the the man to start. So uh, yeah, hmm. Torres think... John Jules. Sorry, Chief. Sorry, I was just going to say yeah, on the. On... The John Jules thing, I think mm. versatility is going to be a big thing with some of these players. They're going to be tight on this 25-man senior list with the goalkeepers included and also uh, low knees of any age. So even if you went out and got a 19, like Raksaki, for example, even though he'd be a 20-year-old low knee, he counts. Mm. Um, so they're going to be tight on this. So I think there's going to be a little bit of players needing to play two positions. So we talked about adding a midfielder. Maybe you can get a midfielder that can play I can hear Hutchie screaming at this if he's listening. The difference can play eight and ten. You know, someone who could play box to box in the two or and also play the Connor Chapman role if required. Or you can then go and get someone that can play as a striker, as a nine, and also in the Chaplin role as a ten, like John Jules, for example, who can also play that sort of tucked in left role. I think McKenna's quite big on players being able, certainly in an attacking sense, being able to sort of play at least a couple of positions. Yeah, listen to you. You say what you want, mate. The the era of Hutchie's tyranny, it's over. We don't have to worry about that anymore. We do what we want now. We're all free from the boot of Hutchie. <laughs> um, right. Left wing, friends. Clearly, <clears throat> Nathan Broadhead. Can't wait to see him in the championship. Good Lord. Uh, and then you've got Harness and you've got Edwards, I guess, there as well as as backups. We, we've, we've toyed with the idea before, Stu, of Town potentially shipping out fringe first-team players who may have value to be able to make signings that, that might strengthen elsewhere. And Harness is a name that's come up. Um, how, do, how do you see this position shaking down? Like we've said, with, with this squad thing, there's going to be some trimming required. There are some obvious ones that we've mentioned along the way. And then there might be some ones that are at the more surprising end of things. And I would say probably both Harness and Kyle Edwards might be on the cusp of that if you felt like you had the right offers come along for them, that they might fall into that category. Harness hasn't had a very brief sort of spell with Burton in the Championship where he was limited to, to substitute appearances only. Kyle Edwards kind of had a, a bit part role in, in West Brom's promotion 
out of the two of them, even though Harness played a lot more games for Ipswich last season, I mean, he featured in pretty much most of the games, Harness, even if mainly it became a sort of sub-role later in the season. I just, I might be being unfair to Marcus here and he might might prove me completely wrong, but I feel like his ceiling might be League One. He just, for all his really good qualities, the sharp shooting that we saw in the, the first part of the season, um, he just got some nice lively qualities, but he's just a bit too loose for me and turns the ball over a bit too much. And I think that will get highlighted and exacerbated a little bit more at a higher level. Kyle Edwards, I don't know if I'm being naive, but I still hold on to this feeling that he could he could really kind of his star will shine at Ipswich and he'll he'll really kick on. Um don't know if it's just because I'm drawn to his sort of personality and he's so smiley and positive. It's his style of play, it's the dribbling, it's the but I do think he proved last season that he can be a bit more consistent. I think his end product when he came on, more often than not, he had an impact. He came on at Cambridge and changed the game. He just in general, there was a games that he came on and started to make a difference. And you just wonder whether championship might be sort of where he fully announces himself as an Ipswich player. I don't know, but um, Broadhead, yeah, he's uh, he's championship ready. No, no doubt about that at all. Did it for Wigan last season. Any thoughts on this, Rossi, before we get on to the, the sexiest of sexy positions, strikers? Yeah, Broadhead put out there, he is sexy. He's a sexy footballer. Um, I can't wait to see him play championship football, as you said. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's a position I think it can be strengthened in if, yeah, if, say, Marcus Arnas does get sold on and, you know, Edwards. But, yeah, I think Edwards, you know, he, he can really, as said, Stu said, you know, really put himself out there and really, you know, make a mark. You know, he's not really been able to really go, here I am. As he, you know, he was signed like with so much fanfare, you know, like, we got, wow, we got Carl Edwards in League One. It's just, it's been race stop start. Um, he's played championship football before, of course, with West Brom. I think he, he helped West Brom get promoted to the, because he did that promotion uh, rap, didn't he, for West Brom? So um, it's a position I think, yeah, if it depends on if players move on, but if not, I'm happy with the three options there. And Ross mentioned earlier about some slight injury question marks in the midfield unit. You have to say the same of Nathan Broadhead as well. He's not someone at the age of 24 that has had any 30, 40 plus start seasons in his career. I think last season would have been the most when you combine what he did for, for Wigan and Ipswich. So there, there is that. You can't. There's some players in here that we believe will be able to step up. But can you really sit here and properly hang your hat on them based on sort of career evidence? So far, whether they've done it at this level or whether they've stayed fit enough for long enough, that's just that little slight question mark in, in the back of your mind. And it's just whether Ipswich feel that they need to just, just cover themselves a little bit there. Two points from me on this before we move on. Marcus Harness can't go anywhere before I talk to him about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, something I've been chasing an entire season, Marcus, at the club. I know you're listening. Uh, and secondly, I know exactly what you mean about Carl Edwards, Stewie. He's like, he is the X factor, isn't he? That's the way I think about him. He's, he's kind of a guy that brings something almost no one else does. Uh, and he's got this kind of aura about him that you think he's capable of doing something whenever he's on the pitch. Um, so, yeah, he's exciting. Now Benson's, Benson's a big fan of his as well. Strikers, Stu, talk about that while I go on mute. Strikers, the sexiest of position, as we've said. And um, as it stands... Ipswich are probably only going in with with Freddie Ladapo as a as their striker. I say that because I think Joe Piggott's time has 
clearly come to an end at Ipswich um, a year to go on his contract, but um, I can't see him being part of it next season. Wasn't getting regular game time for Portsmouth last season. I know they want him back, but it's, I think Joe will just want to go somewhere and um, be a starter, have some sort of assurances of being a starter. Gasana had me, was always signed as a bit of a project player from Burton, got off to a bit of a false start with that injury. So I think that will be a, a loan out as well. Um, not not saying Ipswich have given up on him, but he just don't think he's ready to be part of the championship mix. So that leaves Freddie Ladapo, who's had one season in the championship with Rotherham and scored nine goals for a team that got relegated that season, which is not too shabby. Um, got better and better in his debut season for Ipswich last year, but I'm not sure that he's going to be the the starting talismanic main man going into into game one. So whether it's George Hurst or whether it's someone else remains to be seen. Rossi, how do you feel about this one? George Hurst is the obvious target, and clearly we don't know yet if Leicester are going to be playing in the Championship next season. There's a huge weekend on that front coming up, which we'll probably talk about in Mailbag. Um, we've, we've seen links already. Jerry Yates of Blackpool been linked, 14 goals for a relegated side from the Championship. And also there's, there's been talk about McCauley Longstaff at Notts County, which to me seems not really where town will be shopping. <clears throat> but um, how do you feel about this? How many would you like as well? So if we're saying the Dapo will definitely be there. And then you've got Hadme potentially going out on loan again um, and Piggott moving on. Would you like to carry... How many strikers would you want to carry? Two, three? Once again, that's where the a versatile player comes in. Like, you know, yeah. Torres, John Jules, he can play in that position. There's so many other players. Um, so, yeah, maybe one other striker, but then another player who is versatile can play in 10 role, left role, right wing, up front and all that. Um, George Hurst, I think he's, he's fantastic. He's, you know, a great, great spell, but he's not really... He's played championship football. He hasn't really... It was at a Rotherham he was at, and then Blackburn. You know, I think the Blackburn spell was just one yeah. of those where there's other players there. Um, so he's not proven in the championship, but he has just had an unbelievable spell at town, um, and maybe that would just kick him on. Um, so that's only a question mark on George Hurst. He hasn't really proven in the championship yet, but as you said, we'll get on to Malbag later if it depends on Leicester. Um, but I think it is definitely a position I want to see another striker in if that's George Hurst. If it isn't, then it needs to be someone who has scored at that level. Um, so, yeah, watch your space. Let me lob a name in then. Oh. People will be doing it today. Johnson Clark Harris has been put up for transfer by Peterborough. He's been linked with town. I'm not sure how strong those links ever were, but clearly fans have made the link for a long time. Goal machine at League One level. Stewie Johnson Clark Harris. Is he the sort of striker you reckon they'll be looking at? Um, For me, it feels like that ship has sailed. A yeah. little bit. I think he was someone that you would have gone to to get yourself out of League One and would have been quite happy to carry into the Championship because he's, he's, he's done it in the Championship as well. Not sure now. I think maybe this, the stars haven't quite aligned on, on that one. I'd be, I'd be much, much happier with George Hurst just because of his age yeah. and someone that you can you can develop. And that, that is a big part of the plan at Ipswich is to avoid loans to get players of a certain age to be able to to develop them and improve them and maybe make a profit on them but hopefully help that they sort of they can go on the journey with you along the way so um i mean he's not how old is johnson clark harris he's about 27 something like that yeah. is he um not sure i mean 
again, he's someone that could play up front, who could play in one of those wide wider positions. I wouldn't completely rule it out, but yeah, just yeah, as I say, it feels like that that moment has passed on him. This is where we're going to get in all the rumours this summer, isn't it? Strikers and town. I can already feel it, unless they sign George Hurst early doors. Um, right, so just to sum up then, Stu, we've, we've gone through the whole squad there. How many do you reckon signings this summer? We had the, we had the absolute smorgasbord signing frenzy of uh, two summers ago, which clearly was necessary because Paul Cook had blown the squad up. And then last season, it was targeted, focused, data-driven. And I, I'd imagine you're thinking it's going to be more of the same this summer. Yeah, I think so. I think as much as the season finished and the joy in the manner in which Ipswich got promoted, the general consensus I felt at the time was where this squad is ready. I'll be happy if we don't sign anyone almost, you know, mm. like we'll be fine. But I think as the weeks have gone on, people have realised actually, yeah, the championship is a step up. And um, you thought Ipswich... I mean, McKenna just wants to improve all the time. Literally after that Exeter game, minutes later, he was talking about, we need to keep improving. We need to keep getting better. Sam Morsey said the same. You go back to January, it didn't feel like Ipswich needed to go out and upgrade four players, four positions, four starting positions necessarily. Yes, the season was starting to drift a little bit and some injuries had, had kicked in, but I don't think anyone was predicting that four players will come in and all take starting spots, but they did and they all proved to be upgrades. So um, I think they'll look to upgrade some positions again, the ones that we've, we've talked about. Um, I think we've listed about 28 players. I think if my maths mm. is right, that going through that. So to get down to the, to get that, there's a bit of trimming required to get down below that 25 and give yourself some, some room to add. Uh, I don't know, maybe sort of, between five and seven out and maybe four or five in is my sort of gut feeling. Mm, good, solid business. I like the sound of it, Stewie. Right then, we've got, we're coming up on the hour, so let's do 10, 15 minutes of mailbag just to finish the show with a light touch. Now, clearly we have an issue before we go into mailbag, boys, because the man who brought the music to the show is no longer with us. He's, he's still around. But he's, he's yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Oh, did you? Very nice. Uh, where was my invite? Uh, friends, so I suggest that we just do a, a silent, a, a pause for silence for mailbag, and then maybe a... Doo, doo. There we go. Right then. Straight into mailbag. Straight into it with the King of the North, John Watson. Who's winning the playoffs to join us in the Championship? And who's being relegated from the Premier League? And which teams are you most looking forward to town playing next season? So clearly... A big weekend on all fronts in terms of promotion, relegation. We've got the playoff finals. Um, who would you like in, in the playoff final, first of all, Stu? We've got uh, Barnsley and Sheffield Wednesday. Who would you like to see get promoted there? Who would I... Hmm. Or, or who do you think? Who do I think? I think yeah. Barnsley are going to win. Yeah? I th I think they beat them twice in the league. Um, I thought they were quite good against Ipswich in the first half an hour or so before those two goals came before half time. Um, and I just wonder if Sheffield Wednesday is almost a feeling because of the nature of their second leg win. There's now, that's it, it's our year. We're up. We got so many points. This is us. Um, I don't know how that's psychologically going to impact them a little bit. What about a cheeky little James Norwood Wembley winner <laughs> off the yeah. bench, maybe? 
<laughs> I hope so, because that would make us some web content as well over the weekend, which would be very, very kind of James. Um, uh, Hutchie, sorry, Roscoe, unbelievable. Um, who would you like to see Town face in terms of relegated size? We know Southampton are coming down, and it's two from three dropping down from the Premier League. You've got Everton, you'd have to say the outsiders at the moment. Leicester City, recent winners, incredible. And uh, and then Leeds United as well. Who how out of those three would you most like to see town face? Oh, the obvious answer is Everton because of Stu yep. slash Goodison Park. Um, yeah. I think a lot of town fans want that. But looking at it, it is in Everton's hands, isn't it? You know, yeah. it, they they've got to basically win or draw their final game. I don't know actually. Goal different. I don't like, won't go into that. Um, Leeds is always good. Always good. Leicester is that is just massive. Yeah, as you said, to think they won the Premier League not long ago, and their downfall has just been incredible. Mm. Um, so very three big teams are going down to the championship. So that's more competitive once again. They're going to be free. They're going to be in transitional periods, of course, but they're still going to be big clubs. Um, so yeah, likelihood. I think it's it's going to be what it looks like now. Southampton leads Leicester only if Southampton. Incredible happens, which can happen on the final days. Final Come days on. of Premier League. It's always exciting. So twists and turns, I'm sure. But come on, Everton. Sorry to say, Everton fans. The answer is obvious, isn't it? We want we want Everton and Leeds yeah. to come down, Leicester to stay up, town to sound George Hurst. That's what we want. Stu gets to go to Goodison, unless it's the <laughs> first game of the season, in which case that would be that would be typical, Stu, wouldn't it? Incredible. I don't think Leicester are staying up. No. I just, from what I've seen of them, I've just, I know they're at home to West Ham. We've got the Conference League final on their minds, but I just don't know if they've got enough about them to beat West Ham on on the final day. From what I've seen, so yeah, I know that muddies the water with with the George Hurst side of things. Yeah, I don't know which way this is going to go. I think Everton have got to win. Yeah. Um, Lead Tottenham. I can't see Tottenham doing Everton any favours at Leeds. I just, I don't know. I've got a feeling Leeds are going to beat Tottenham and it's going to be very nervy at Goodison Park. I'm not not feeling good about this weekend. Beautiful. Well, uh, Callum Pritchett wants to know, and I don't know how he knows this, Stu, because as far as I can recall, we've not discussed it on the podcast, but it says, how's Stu's new pet? Have we discussed your new adi- your new addition to the, the Watson household one here? I don't think we have, have we? No, we haven't. No, Callum's, I know Callum. Callum's got some inside intel there right yeah uh i have a new pet it's a new pet rabbit i've got a little house bunny called bluey i'd love to say he's um named after one of the ipswich town mascots but that would be a (laughs) lie it was my daughter's choice from the uh the cartoon is he a dog bluey i think he's a dog um so yeah he's uh he's charging around downstairs at the moment he's a house rabbit isn't he Stu? very exciting he is for now. I think yeah. my wife's pushing for me to. Uh, he's he's too young to go outside at the moment. You have to let their. They have to be a certain age before they can go outside. So, he's he's my mate. I'm going to pretend that he's going to go outside, and then as soon as she goes off to work, I'm going to bring him inside. I had a rabbit uh, once. Rabbits are great pets. A kind of gateway pet to a dog, I'd say. Um, but he went mad for clover. You know the the flowers on clover. It's, okay. like, it's like crack to him to fiber. <laughs> he it's like catnip. He would literally go mad for it. So, just just saying, Stu, maybe see if that's a, a theme in rabbits, clover flowers. Uh, where should we go now? Uh, where are we? Uh, Tony Southgate, ginger pickle. He asked exactly the same questions as, as Tom did as well. If you could pick a town player, past or present, to replace Hutchie, 
who would you pick and why? I think the obvious the obvious answer there is Matt Holland, isn't it? Matt Holland. He's got, he's got some he's got some media experience. He's comfortable in front of camera. He's got, yeah. he's got some personality. He looks good. He's aging yeah. in reverse. He's got the he's got the he's got the calm, hutchy demeanour as exactly. well, I think. Yeah. Uh, reliable, dependable. I also saw Matt Holland yesterday as well. Uh he would be oh, good actually. Hutchie and Matt Holland, little little powwow, was it? Little, little senior <laughs> town powwow. Let's leave Some... let's leave Heath and Rossi out of it. Yeah. Uh yeah, Matt Holland's a good shout. I don't know if he'd be up for it. He's working for Talk Sport and the Premier League. I'm not sure if we if we could uh if he's in our budget. Um how about Jimmy Bullard? He'd be a laugh, wouldn't he? I don't know if he'd be a bit much uh, <laughs> ten hours into the into the journey, but um, he'd be a good laugh. He'd at least come out for a beer on an away day, I reckon. Oh, he definitely would. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rossi, have you got? Obviously, you spent a lot of time now interviewing ex uh, ex town players. Is anyone you thought? I tell you what, I'd like to employ them. It needs to be someone I can pronounce their name um, for obvious reasons. Uh, do you know what? There'll be an in pictures future episode soon, but um, Fabian Wilness, yes, was, oh, he's such a lovely man. He's just so he was just so happy. Um, so yeah, for that just positivity and just happiness, he's, he's a character as well. You know, I put him down as he's a massive fan's favourite. He played all those games, so he'll be a good, he'll be good. So Fabian is my choice. Who else was at this meeting you were at yesterday, Stewie? Was there? Oh, who else was there? Bulge. Oh, I see. Nice. Okay. Uh, Richard Lee wants to know. Uh, first question is: Stu okay? <laughs> uh, y- yes. Define okay. I mean, it yeah. sounds like he's having a great time. To be honest. Um, second, what do the Kings want the space where the old Staple Building was to be used as? Sports bar, personal car park for the Kings. I like that idea. Koa merch store. What are we saying, Stu? You got any? any... Yeah, huge merch store like the whole size of Staples. <laughs> multi multi floor. Um, that'd be great. But I like I like all those ideas. Just just make it all for for KOA. Um, and they've said that they're not going to rush into making any big decisions with it. I think it was a the land became available. It was an opportune moment. It might not be available again. So let's just grab it. And I think for the time being, it's probably going to be car parking and where outside TV trucks um, park and stuff like that on match days. Um, Looks great coming out of the train station now. We've got a proper nice view of the, the stadium. That's all, all opened up. Um, what do you reckon? What else can go in there? I think it will probably end up being some sort of sports bar or some sort of venue that the club can to make, make a bit of money from. If you look at the, what Bristol City did when, when Mark Ashton was there, they got that big screen bar there. I'd like, nice pro- to proper, like that. a proper sports bar, a dedicated sports bar you don't really see them done very well in this country so i'd like something like that do you know what uh, else i would like actually yeah. thinking about it before I was sort of years before i was sort of covering ipswich and covering lots of other sports in the area ipswich basketball club who are mm. an, an amazing sports yep. club in our community have done brilliant things for the size of ipswich in terms of producing youth internationals senior internationals everything they've done i've been crying out for like an indoor venue they've got um and uh, you know some sort of proper double court basketball venue that could also sort of double up as a you know for music venues and concerts and things like that. Something you know something along those lines that would be quite nice, wouldn't it, for the town? Like the sound of it. Nick Drain will love that you you brought that up, Stu. You're Girl, welcome. Nick, champion of basketball in the town, and they are an incredible club in terms of their production line. 
Uh, one for you, Rossi. Ian Wallbank wants to know, what's the favoured footwear brand of the Kings? Obviously, Ross is going to be Adidas. But what about Mark and Sue? I'm genuinely intrigued. And does Ross wear proper old school Adidas or the newer type without the trifoil? I'm assuming you're like Ron DMC, Ross. It's all about my Adidas, is it? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm old school. I, you know, the, it, it varies. I think new school is more if I want to do, you know, sporty, sporty. You know, I know Adidas is sporty, but like for like, um, you know, five aside or running or whatever. With like old school, I feel that's more, you know, casual wear. I'm happy to wear that maybe, you know, a restaurant or whatever. When um, you say old school, we're talking about schools of Adidas here. It's well, always Adidas, isn't it? Yeah, but you know what yeah. I mean, like the uh, I've got something actually here. So you know that that logo. Yeah, that's old school. And then you've got the current Adidas, which is you know I don't know, actually I've got another one. Um, say, I can't believe you got that to hand if you did. Uh, no, I don't actually. No, I don't. Um, no. Um, so yeah, I don't know what I don't know where it came from. Like because I used to love Nike, you know, like Nike as a kid, you know, because you know the boots and stuff. But just I don't know the last few years. I remember just buying one ADAS like jacket. I went, I like this. And I was like, I'm going to buy some more stuff. And it's now become a bit of a a problem. Uh, my missus, she's uh, <laughs> said, you, you got a problem, mate. Uh, that's all you wear. Um, and now that's what everyone says. Like, it's not actually, it is right. You do just wear ADAS. Although today I'm wearing the Kings of Anglia hoodie. Yeah. Um, I am actually wearing ADAS shorts, <laughs> more technically. Yeah. Uh, we could get, we yeah. could get three stripes on that hoodie, Ross, if that would make it better for you to wear. Yeah. Oh, I just muted myself. Stewie, what about you, footwear-wise? Um, I was very much exclusively a white trainers man for pretty much most of my 20s, but um, my wife had a word and felt that like I, I needed to have some more age-appropriate footwear. So I've got, I don't know what brand some of my, my trainers are now, Etnies. Uh I remember I've got a brown pair of trainers. Valenciaga. Uh, I'm not going. No, that's no, no. I'm I'm 38 years of age. I'm not. I've moved on from the sort of the the sporty the sportswear. I've gone full circle, friends. My wife thinks I'm having a midlife crisis for many reasons, but equally because, like used to, you, I was, obviously I played basketball a lot in my youth, so I was all about basketball trainers, and I was a big fan of Nikes and Converse, all that kind of stuff. I at one point I was I used to buy two pairs of each shoe in different colors and then i'd wear one color on one foot and one on the other of course you did i was that guy so did i you had change a... your laces as well no no I, I remember i bought um a couple of adidas antoine walkers they were when they came out and people who know about trainers know about these and they brought one out in white and one out in black and i bought both pairs and were one white and one black i was just that much of a bell end um so yeah so now i've gone full circle i've, I've then moved away i grew up i went for proper serious shoes and now i'm very much back on the night train and I'm, I'm looking at night classics i've never had a pair of jordans until recently now i'm socking up on the jordans my ultimate pair of trainers andy warren knows would be a pair of jordan fours um the retro classics but unfortunately they're about 180 quid a pair at least that's just a standard pair and i can't really justify spending that much bunce on a pair of trainers especially when the wife is already saying you need to you need to sort your life out mate you haven't you're having some sort of crisis you shouldn't be wearing air jordans at your age but anyway i do um next question what should we do amber redmond stewie what are stuart watson's non-negotiables for his new partner in crime hashtag and i quite like this hutchy who <laughs> i like exactly. Amber. exactly <laughs> exactly amber um Non-negotiables. 
Mm. Well, obviously, they've got be... to be able to quote every single line of the office back to you. Yeah. Yeah. That would be useful if uh, yeah, if they don't arrive with that knowledge, they will have to go through, they will have to go and binge them all um, back to back several times. Um, Hutchie famously won't, doesn't drink. So it would be mm -hmm. nice if, I'm not saying I want someone to have a big boozy sessions with, but just somebody who might come and have a, having a beer when we get to a, a hotel after an away game now and again that would that'd be nice just uh have a drink um but yeah off, office quotes would be uh would be a good starter okay so office quotes and uh, a fair to medium drinking problem there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh robin harper wants to know and this is this is one for all of us how are feelings holding up in the koa camp now it transpires it's only andy made it onto ashton's data dashboard I mean that is that that stings. I can't lie. That would be good, wouldn't it? So, do you think they? Do you think there's a data dashboard for like behind the scenes appointments? Maybe there is. You, you punched all of the data in for a yeah new media officer, new press officer. Ding yeah. ding ding! It's like a jackpot he's, machine, and the names world round. He's got a good age. He's got a good head of hair. Strong calves. The second, second thing you went for was your head of hair. <laughs> was, he's punched that in. Yeah, non-negotiable yeah. for the new press officer. Can't be bald. That is, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, dear. But, I mean, obviously, that is a sore one. But I'm assuming Ashton was at the shindig you were at yesterday. Should we start a few rumours, <laughs> No. No, Alan, no. It was, it was separate as well. These are two separate things. Okay, you protest too much. Um, Maddie Reader, Rossi. I like this one. What's your dream five-a-side team made up of town players, past or present? If you could have a dream five-a-side team. We've definitely done this before. I think when we the have. Masters thing came out last summer, does that ever happen, by the way, the Masters rebirth thing? It was meant to, wasn't it? I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, I don't see anything about that. Um, there's so many players. Like, like in our squad currently, you know, there's, there's a few ballers there. That could, like Carl Edwards, definitely. Yeah. Um so, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm having in goal definitely Thomas Holy because he literally <laughs> filled the entire goal. But then I don't know. He needs to. He needs to go down, and yeah. he's not really. I think you yeah. need more agility in five aside yeah. from your goalkeeper, Giovanni De Santos. Oh, 100. Yeah. percent He would. He'd be absolutely nailed on, wouldn't he? I'd have Kevin Beatty in there as well because he'd just be an absolute monster at five aside, athletic yeah. wise. Um, any anyone any more for any more? David McGoldrick, I think, would be very yeah. five-a-sidey, silky. To, like Shawnee Aluko would be would be quite good for similar yeah. reasons. Jim Jilton, actually, he he would just want the ball all the time. He'll just want it. Just give me the bloody ball. He'd also be terrifying. Right then, Nigel G, friend of the show, it's a bass or a fish or something. Um, Hutch, he's gone. Who's Mark's favourite king now that Hutch has left? I love everyone equally, Nigel. Um, also, I had a dilemma choosing a sandwich filler today. What's your go-to sandwich filler? He ended up going with the BLT. Usually, I go with the tuna mayo. Um, you got a go-to sandwich filler, Ross? I bet you have. Once again, I have my moments. Currently, I get um, this is this is lazy, but um, at Tesco's, other supermarkets available, of course, um, I get like a prawn cocktail mix, and it's oh, it's lovely. What's it's the prawn lovely. cocktail? You know, prawns and you've got like a bit of sauce in it you're just talking about prawn cocktail like yeah but mayonnaise. yeah but I, i'm being lazy like you can make it yourself if you want to but it's like a oh, pot you get it's a pot you oh, get. okay i'm with you yeah and yeah. um 
so that's currently what I'm having every every lunch at the moment. I've got, I'm having that for lunch today, so keep yeah, looking forward to it. having it actually. Yeah. What I assume for you, it's just like eggs. Is it in steak? <laughs> eggs and steak. <laughs> uh, I like a coronation chicken. Oh, that was mine, mate. A coronation chicken is absolutely superb when done well with the right touch of seasoning. Fantastic. And also, obviously, as a big royalist, makes me feel makes me feel good while I'm eating it. <laughs> cool. Okay, right. I'll move on. <clears throat> uh, right. I like this question from 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 uh, Callie. Says it's not time related, but specific to journalism. Chat GPT and the the kind of rising tide of AI. Can it be a tool to help us, or is it a threat? And it is obviously the first thing you think about when you think about AI is Terminator. And again, it's a good job Hutchie's not here because he's probably not seen it, so he can't talk about that. But machines becoming self aware. And all these predictions that before too long, and this is genuine, these machines are going to be significantly cleverer than we are um, and how that could be a threat to, to journalism. Um, I can see it being used, I must say, to essentially just be a huge web hit aggregator, just churning out. I mean, if we had it, for example, it would write a million stories a day about Ed Sheeran, um, that kind of thing. But I can't see it replacing proper, good, thoughtful insightful contract driven journalism that'd be my take and i'm probably getting a bit serious here Stu. you got any thoughts on ai um could we just start using it if i just fancy a little quiet morning or whatever <laughs> just, just like, <laughs> uh, 10 free agents ipswich town could sign just stick that into an ai i'm Thanks not sure that's much. something that's a, that's a road you want to go down Stu. <laughs> Oh, she wants a day off. Give the let the AI do it, would you? Yeah, the AI doesn't need paying, doesn't get tired, doesn't need holidays. It is worryingly. Stuff. I looked at the link actually that was on that Callie had sent. It's, it's yeah. wor- worryingly passable, isn't it? <sighs> That's just depressing. Um, all right, let's let's find one more we can do as a as an outro to cheer us all up. Okay, it's a good one from Bono, old friend Bono, who's sporting a Kings of Anglia um, trucker cap. Well played, Bono. And you can get those through the KOA merch store, of course. Stu and Rossi, Bono simply wants to know, what's your favourite thing about the close season? We're in this weird nether zone now, aren't we, where we know there's nothing really happening. All the players are away on holiday. The manager is. Obviously, Ashton's being relentless at his desk for 14 hours a day. But the transfer window doesn't open until the middle of June. The fixtures aren't out until later in June. The kit probably isn't going to come out until June. So it's a quiet period. Have you got like a favourite part about the uh, the summer, Stewie? Um, it's a different challenge. My yeah. least favourite part is when you bump into anyone they're like, what do you do now? Do you just have loads of time off? Oh. No. You still buy a newspaper I'll... and the websites still have plenty of things on them every day. Things not uh, to say different... to a football journalist. Yeah, <laughs> It's a different type of challenge, isn't it? Um, kind of finding keeping the news cycle moving when there isn't that there's days where there's not as much going on. Um, just us. Yeah. Just escaping the, just, just escaping the sort of the travel and the, the deadlines and the, the speed of everything. It felt like April was just a hundred miles an hour. So yeah, maybe getting two days off back to back, which is a very rare thing. I might have a, a month of the year when that's, that's possible. So um, but yeah, give it another few weeks, and I'll be I'll be itching for pre season and the games to start again. Holidays are obviously the best thing about 
about the summer, the close season. Rossi, have you got the particular anything you, you like at this time of year? Apart from getting a tan, obviously. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, I'm not missing going to service stations, I have to admit. I know that's only for away games. Um, but yeah, the travelling side of it, it's just part and part of it. You know, we're lucky that we do this for a job. You know, fans do it bloody week in, week out. But I'm sure they don't enjoy their service stations and getting home at 2am and blah, blah, blah. The bloody, I know I'm not the driver, but the diversions and stuff. Um, oh, it's terribly, so, terribly stressful in the back. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I remember there's one journey, I think it was back from Bristol Rovers, Stu. Oh, um, it must be so uh, difficult, Ross, getting driven everywhere. Yeah, oh, yeah. dear, oh, dear. But, uh, the journey from hell in the fog, and we had about five diversions. I'm not even yeah. exaggerating, and Ross just sort of woke up about five minutes from home. <laughs> oh, are we, are we home? <laughs> yes, mate, we are. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, things ever say to, to a journalist, by the way, football journalist get this all the time. I get it in, in conference with all the other news journalists. I suppose you're, you're not really doing anything now, are you? You're having, you're having six weeks off, are you? <laughs> I have to do that. Uh, and the other one is generally when you tell people they're a journalist and they say, uh, oh, I better, I better be careful what I say. And in my head, I'm thinking, no one gives an F what you say, old friend. You are dull AF. And I say it to all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right then, friends, that brings us to the end of a fairly epic podcast. The first one in the era post-Hutchie. I hope you've enjoyed it and not missed him too much, as, as we say. A significant improvement, I reckon, without him here. Um, let's just leave me to say, please uh, support our uh, our sponsors. Use the code carry at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. Um, support Ginger Pickle. If you want help with your Google Ads, your, your digital marketing, your SEO, also helps fund Tony to, uh, to drive Ross all over the country and abroad interviewing interviewing ex-players uh, and also get on the KOA merch store Rossi's wearing the the best-selling item there which is the the contrast hoodie and he's also I think you've been sipping from the yeah you know the KOA mug matching looks matching look flying off the shelves um so get involved in that Rossi tease some stuff we've got coming up this weekend we've got a, 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 an interview going out on Sunday haven't we, with a very handsome man yeah, that, that squad, like just like Matt Holland, they don't age, mm. do they? It's like even Fabian was part of that squad, and he hasn't really aged. But yeah, Martin Royster is the next episode, and it links up well because it's the anniversary on Monday, Easter mm. Monday, not Easter Monday, Bank Holiday Monday. Bank Holiday Monday, yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, it sort of links up well because, of course, he scored the, the famous Wembley goal. But um, yeah, good shout out, Martin. Um, as I mentioned, we're at the Dutch FA. That was very impressive, the Dutch FA. Um, very swanky. But he he, look, he still looks handsome. He mentions it in the video. Apparently, Jim McGilton used to call him handsome all the time. But um, yeah, look out for that Sunday. And also, you spoke to Liam Trotter this week, didn't you? Which was a, yes. which was a good chat. Um, and you've got some Lone Insight videos out. We've done Gassana Hadmi. We've done Joe Piggott. Um, have you got any more of those coming? So Idris went out yesterday. Um, Idris, so if yeah. you haven't seen that already, check that out. And then Tete Yangi, who spent um, on loan at Northampton. Uh, that'll be out next week. So um, stay tuned. Excellent. And Stewie, obviously you've done your, your transfer window epic uh, this morning. You, you're actually off next week, Stewie. Um, so uh, enjoy your rest and recovery. Get some ice baths, get some protein into you. Um, get some creatine on as well. Get yourself built up for the, the summer. You've got a big role to play this summer, Stewie. There's no doubt about it. Heavy load on your shoulders this summer. Um, right then, friends, that is this week's podcast. I doubt, unless something happens next week, I don't know if we're going to be back. Me and Rossi might do a two-man show. I'm not sure what kind of format that would take. Or indeed how much interest there would be in something like that. But hey, watch this space. Uh, have a great weekend, whatever you're doing. Enjoy the long bank holiday weekend. So much football to look forward to. And by this time next week, we'll of course know 
who all the opposition will be in the Championship next season and we can start getting even more excited about things as we ramp up the transfer rumours. Have a great weekend, friends, and we'll see you again next time. Bye.